I'm me, you're you. This is Four Minute, and I'm my me mine. Wiggly's Book Club, episode 018. If you don't show up, I'll masturbate. Wiggly's Book Club is a fortnightly read brought to you by GiantMediaBall.com. GiantMediaBall.com. Check the website for calendar showtimes. Hey, a lot of shows over there. I broke character. Wiggly's Book Club is brought to you live from Sloppy Joe's Bar, located in scenic downtown Easton. Sigh. Without any further ado, let us now go live to Wiggly down in Sloppy Joe's Bar for a reading of the April 1996 Haymarket Publishing Classic, CDI, issue 17, 3.50L. Okay, I always say okay. There's a keyboard down here. I didn't even know it was today. I didn't know it was that time of the month. I don't know how to reboot my keyboard. That's why I don't do computers. Okay, let's just get this out of the way here. Get these open here. Today, uh, I'm going to have, uh, let's see. Uh, this is called Pass the Beer from Clifton, New York. Clifton Park, New York. It's Hanukkah Chinooka beer. So Hanukkah, 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 Hanukkah beer. Uh, the Hanukkah is spelled H-A-N-U-K-K-A-H, and then the Hanukkah is spelled C-H-A-N-U-K-A-H. And you have a picture of the the schmaltz brewing. You have a picture of the the candelabra. You know, I think that's what they call it. <laughs> Shit, I did. You know, that thing. Liberace. <clears throat> Dark Ale. Mm. Eight malts, eight tops, 8% elk by volume. And it's, of course, called the Menorah. I can remember. Menorah. <laughs> it's called the Menorah, I can remember, because I had a drink of it. Okay, today's show is, uh, like I said, I didn't even know it was today. So here we are. Let's see what happens. And then I'm going to have some Stella here. Mm-hmm. Ah. I wish I could put on some music. I hate hearing myself talk. It's a problem with this show. Okay, let's see. Uh, okay, so today we're going to do another uh, magazine, and it's relating to... Oh, I can barely see. Let me sit down. Sorry, this studio isn't set up, but Don Fenden was he's not even here today. He went home. Take care of his dog. The dog hasn't been let out of the house for three weeks. This would have rocked you 3.50 L's in 1996. This is issue 17 of CDI, the CDI magazine. If you didn't know, the CDI was the Compact Disc Interactive. Incredible. Incredible technology. You won't believe it. The whole family, Phillips, is going to lead the way in CD edutainment. Right into the toilet. Uh, so you would get this evidently from the the Uck. It came from Uck. I don't know where that is. Uck. And then it would also have a, a disc in it. Now, at 96. Jesus Christ, that was a long time ago. This is 2015. That's almost 20 years ago. 
So sometimes I think this would come with a disc and sometimes not, but I know for sure the disc was not available in the Netherlands because it says right at the bottom, disc not available in the Netherlands. So this is CDI Magazine from 1996, April. It covers uh, films, music, games, video CDs, and kids. How am I doing on time? Where do I even see it? 317. Okay, thanks, 317. Jesus, only 10 times as much to go. No, almost. Under. Here we go. The best adventure yet. Secret mission. That's a game. Mission Impossible. Here's a game I was in. I don't know if you ever saw this game for a CDI. Uh, oh, I wish I could read that. I can't read it. It's too small. <laughs> anyway, I was in that game. Burn, 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 burn cycle. Is that what it was called? Burn cycle, I think. I think that's what it was called. Here's the bestsellers list. Uh, I'm just kind of, yeah, burn cycle. That's it. If you look on the cover and then you look at me, pictures from 1996, you will notice that I started in burn cycle. Number, uh, the UK top tens. Starting at number 10 in games, Zelda, Wand of the Gamalian. Gamalian. The Chameleon. Comma, 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 Gamalian. Number nine was Tetris. Tetris. Try to play Tetris with the fucking remote control for the CDI. I'll, I'll clean up the body when you're, after you kill yourself. Number eight, Kether. Kether. I never heard of that. Number seven, Caesar's World of Gambling. <laughs> Good luck with that as well. Seventh Guest was number six. That one played okay. And then, of course, uh, Johnny Capcom's favorite, number five, Mad Dog McCree. Mad Dog McCree. It came with a gun. And it also came with the inability to do... The, can only do it couldn't even do uh, MPEG one graphics, so you figure it out. Chaos Control was number four. Number three was Voyeur. Uh, people buying this under false pretenses. Number two, of course, the game I was in, Burn Cycle. I didn't know it though. And number one, number one game, <laughs> 1996 in April. A UK top ten, number one bestseller, Palm Springs Open. Palm, big golf fanatics of. Uh, of the Palm Springs. Hoy, another shit game. <laughs> there, man, they, there, there wasn't a lot good for this because there was no way to control this system. <laughs> um, it came with a remote control, which is incredibly ingenious to have a wireless gaming remote. I mean, it came with the system, not something that you had to buy and took 8D batteries and set on the floor and then you plugged your NES uh, wire into that. This is, you know, completely uh, some type of fucking remote control. And <laughs> There's a couple more beers. I don't know why I'm in such a bad mood. I got my Hanukkahs. Come on, Chinooka, we're going to have some fun. That's not bad. Pass the beer. It's right out of, uh, it's right out of there, New York. This magazine is not from New York. This magazine is uh, distributed through New Jersey. That's probably where I got it. Oh, I, uh, wait a minute. Cranberry, New Jersey. Oh, Canby in West Post Office Boxes. Haymaker, Haymarket Magazine, Postmaster, bi-monthly. Uh, yeah, New, Raleigh, New Jersey, CDI, USPS, and then somehow through New York. But it originated from, let's get right here into it. Let's get into it. 
Contact CDI Magazine at Haymarket Publishing Limited, 38 to 42 Hampton Road in Teddington, Middlesex, TW11, OJE, UK, UK. It's an UK. If you want to call them, 0181 943 5934. Ask for Andy Stout. All right, so in this magazine, you know, you're. Why do I have like all of them, <laughs> and I don't. I didn't even really need a CDI if I had this magazine because I, I enjoyed the pictures in this magazine more than I would have playing a game on the CDI. Inside, all the latest news, reviews, and scoops for CD Interactive. Seven forty-three. Thank you. Seven forty-three. Number four. News with the complete. I think my mic just fell. News with the complete. Lowdown on the improved CD online software. Oh, that's right. So it come with a it come with a disc, and uh, you could buy the online kit, which would have rocked you 99 L's back in 1996, which I think it was probably in today's converted for today's prices, probably about 36 million dollars. I think. I'm gonna use this up here. I don't know if that's gonna stay. Come on, come on, makeshift. Uh, ugh. Well, it's a plus screwdriver in here because I don't under Oh, now it's now I'm talking on my nose. Okay, well I'll hold it up here. Let's see. Uh, news, and then you can and what it would do is come with a browser. You see, then you can get on the internet with that browser that was off the the disc that would come with. Then they come with a game. Uh, you know, like a little crappy game that you can play online. But come with a great. Oh, what was in the what was in the top movies? Let's see, uh, kids. The kids Cartoon Carnival was number one. I'm just going to go through that. And Cartoon Jukebox was number two. Cartoon Carnival, uh, I think I believe I had Popeye on the cover. And I believe I had that. And like I said, this is before MPEG-1. So this is before CD... Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Let me put this down a little bit. Whoa! Okay. You know that stuff. V V C D is it wasn't even V C D quality. No one knows what the hell I'm talking about. I'm a hundred. Uh, okay, here's your top movies. Ten indecent proposals. This is what you'd watch on your CDI, uh, probably with the MPEG one cartridge. So you are working watching VD VCD quality. And um, the Star Wars trilogy, which would be four, five, and six. Was on, Lucas only released it overseas? I believe mine are from the Philippines, but they were legit. And I still have them, and they were released on VCDs because he didn't believe in the technology of DVD. So he's never going to release them on DVD. So, so the best you could get was a laser disc. He believed in laser disc. Uh, so ten was a decent proposal. Four, four or nine was Forrest Gump. Eight was Sliver. <laughs> Bunch of perverts, you know, Voyeur, number three in games, and Sliver, number eight in movies. Number seven, The Firm, number this is UK too, so what else they got to do, sit around and <clears throat> drink and uh, twiddle their dingly winks. I can't remember what you call them, your Johnny-come-dinglers. Hunt for Red October was at number six. Number five was Black Rain, Black Rain. Number four, Patriot Games. They, uh, they, they like their Star Wars guys. Number three, Ghost. Ghost was number three. Who the hell's watching Ghost? Ghost Dad, maybe. Let's see. Uh, 
1053. Thank you, 1053. I'm not going to get through your article. Uh, number two, Star Trek uh, six, Star Trek six, and number one movie in the UK in 1996 in April. Am I recording? I hope so. Was Top Gun? Top Gun, great, great UK flick. Top Gun. And in music, we're just going to do the number number. I'll do, I'll do all of them. Number ten, the the infect it. Number nine, Pink Floyd Pulse. Get ready for Pink Floyd to be on here 30 times. <gasps> Number eight, Side A, Promises, Pride, Love. That, that's not what I went <gasps> for. Number seven was The Cranberries, Doors and Windows. Uh, number six, David Bowie, The Video Collection. Number five, U2, Rattle and Hum. And here we go. Number four, Kate Bush, The Whole Story. Which wasn't actually the whole story, but it was bits of the story. Number three, Turner, Tina, Turner, Turner, Tina. Simply the best. Ugh, how could I beat up Kate Bush? Well, maybe people are tired by, of Kate by then. Maybe Kate Bush had already been out for 13 years. Number two, guess what? Pink Floyd. Delicate Sound of Thunder. And number one, Queen. Greatest Flicks 1 and 2. There you have that. I think those are videos. Music videos. <coughs> Can't pop my ear. So, uh, let me try these beers at the same time. Mmm. I think I saw that in a movie once. Uh, so, because because Kate Bush, the whole story, was definitely a, a video, and it says David Bowie, the video collection. Well, anyway, so I was going to talk about this uh, game that you would enter, <coughs> a contest, pardon me, that you would enter, and you'd win a free Phillips television. <laughs> I guess before they were all gone. Surround sound titles. Phillips Hone Cinema System. And surround sound silos for 14.99 L's. You will receive your favorite, the U magazine, through the through the, your letterbox six times a year. This is for the Phillips Home Cinema System magazine, I guess. How to enter? What are you talking about? Oh no! Oh, this is the eh, who the fuck cares? So you'd win that. They do something, and then they tell you, and then you'd win it. All right. Raiding the Ram, we have uh, Ghosties and Ghoulies. One of the biggest releases, if not the biggest, in the kids' field this year is going to be Haunted House, currently penciled in for September. It's an interview version of the, it's an interactive version of the multi-million selling pop-up book in by Jan Pienikowski, also the co-creator of Meg and Mag, and Mog, Mega Mog books. Will be as successful in multimedia, though? Well, it's just been released in CD-ROM to ecstatic reviews and specialist press. Aimed at children of four and upwards haunted houses. Ten rooms explore. Here, children will stumble across hilarious unexpected traps, puzzles of a creepy nature, unexplained spooky sounds, and such like. The press release also talks about green slime, oozing, and bats flapping. Yuck. That was timely. That's not what I wanted to read. Still got that in my ear. And you got an ear bubble. Uh, 1430. I'm going to get right into what I wanted to read. All right, so here's what I wanted to read. This is a, this is a review of this great game that came out. Now, everybody knows three greatest games for the CDI. Number one, Compton's Interactive Encyclopedia. Number two, Shelley Duvall's It's a Bird's Life. Oh, that was 3DO, sorry. Um, number one, 
Mario's Hotel, number two, Zelda something something at the end of this book, Zelda Wand of Gamelon, and number three, Zelda's Adventure. So let us now review Zelda's Adventure. I'm looking at something that has Stonehenge in it, a picture, it's a photograph of some sort. I'm looking at a real jaggy picture of some old guy with a with a with a beard and a mustache and I got to tell you um I do not know I do not remember this from any part of the Zelda game this man sitting here he looks like he's from some other game that I did not play because the Zelda games I remember were cartoons that moved in and out and in and out as they rotoscoped it was horrible and a great voice acting Zelda's Adventure, for those laboring, I love Zelda, he's a great character in history, for those laboring under the, and I'm going to try to get through this even though they put U's in everything, for those laboring under the illusion that RPG actually stands for really poor games, Zelda's Adventure, who the fuck thought that unless you're playing on a 3D, Zelda's Adventure should be a bit of an eye opener. <laughs> you see the $100 bills falling out of this guy's pocket. Let me see. Yeah, it's on. 1623. Not too much longer for me to go. Here we go. Ah, Zelda. Mainstay of many an 8-bit and 8 and 16-bit game on the Nintendo. It's been quite a few years since her first outing and the ladies becoming uh, rather long in the tooth. But she's still one of the doyens of console-based RPGs. I swear to God, it says doyens. Do why? Said it dozens. You don't know. Uh, I guess Nintendo had to throw Phillips a bone for dumping them on the the whole CD add-on for their Super Nintendo, which never materialized. Sony and and uh, Phillips were working on it, and they both got dumped out. Sony went on to create the PlayStation and. Uh, Phillips went on to go out of business, make screwdrivers. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I guess that was their bone. They threw them three licenses, one Mario and two uh, Zeldas. RPGs are one of the most successful genres, genres in computer games ever. Okay, so the shifting sands of fashion make sure that they're Never quite firmly centered in the spotlight, apart from, apart from centered in the spotlight. Apart from Germany, apparently they go gaga over the things. Those Germans in RPGs. Mm. Yes, but they're pretty much a constant selling steadily, st selling steady. <laughs> So I said, I'm just going to look at shit and uh, read like the highlights. I'm not, I'm not doing a good day. Okay, let me take that off. Um, that's a lot better. I took my sunglasses off. Selling steady numbers year in and year out on whatever platform they appear on. And there's no reason to believe that the, this release won't do the same for on CDI. Just a review before they knew how it would do, I guess. First off, it's a bit different from the last Zelda game that appeared on this machine that if memory serves correctly, was a performer. Was a platformer. Was a platformer. 
Zelda putting in an appearance as a rather cute sprite amid the usual platform antics. They were some, there were some touches, though, that lifted it apart from the usual run-of-the-mill releases. Yeah, like it couldn't fucking control it. I even have the controller for it, uh, which had a, has like a 19-foot cable. Because, uh, ugh, I don't even want to talk about this thing. Okay. I even have a fighting game for, uh, like a, uh, what do you call it? It's a haymaker game. Uh, okay, so, mill releases in the genre. Such as animated cutaways, <laughs> having to use your brain and the like. Those animated cutaways, they were flyaways, because they'd fly into the rotoscope, fly out of it, and not like Ralph Bakshi, shut the hell up, Kyle. 1951. Such touches have been left in this retelling of the Zelda legend, apart from the cutaways, but that's rather a good thing, really, as they usually get in the way of the actual gameplay. But the view has changed dramatically. Sprites are still used, but the side-on platformer has been replaced by a sort of top-down view popularized by games such as Gauntlet. Well, almost top-down, as the camera seems to have scuttled off to the side a bit, leaving you with an angle that's as near to an isometric 3D view as anything. Who wrote this stuff? Plot-wise, it goes like this. Basically, Ganon, Lord of Darkness, has taken over the kingdom of Ptolemic, that's probably real. I know, I know Ganon, but I don't remember a Ptolemic because I'm in, I'm drunk. Not only that, but he's also nicked the seven. I love that. I love that term. I nicked it. But he's also nicked the seven. Oh, oh next, nicked the seven celestial signs, and captured Link. He also nicked the elements of harmony. That's why I, sh- I was right in the middle of watching the newest episode of My Little Pony, which I didn't even know came out on Saturday. And it was they're, they're going to Manhattan, made in Manhattan, and then I had to re- uh, you know come here. I could have been watching the, the cutie map telling Applejack and Rarity where they had to go in Manhattan. But instead I'm reading about Lunk's final kingdom of Ptolemaic. Uh, funnily enough, your task is to regain the signs, free Link, and restore peace and tranquility to the kingdom. Easy, huh? Not a chance. So you are Zelda in here. You're Zelda and you're rescuing Link. How you like them bananas? Uh, Ptolemac, Ptolemic consists of the overworld, an example, forest, mountains, cutie map, and a lot of other geographical bits, and the shrines. Each shrine contains one of the stolen signs, which must be retrieved in a given order. And each subsequent shrine can, uh, shriner, can only be entered if the previous shrine has been completed. Got all that? Yeah, you fucking go from one shrine to another. Basically, it means... who Who's this for? Ten-year-olds? Yes, I think it is. Basically, it means that you can't start... Oh, look at her running around with that sword. I bet this is so great to control. You know, I own both of these games, and... Um, I think I sold them for $200 a piece or something of that nature because I never opened them. I bought them. I could not wait to play them. But I refused to open them because I knew, because I'd already played them. Uh, I don't remember playing this one. <laughs> I like Mario's Hotel. 
Graphics is 77%, sound 88%, longevity 85%, and overall 84%. The price would cost you 24.99 L's, and out of 10, it's a 5. Jumping ahead of yourself, if you're having problems with one section, okay, so you can't go to one shrine without completing other games, got a linear pattern written into its code, (laughs) you've no choice but to follow it. How they do the game? They write it in the code of the game. Thanks, Tron. Naturally, uh, here comes the mainframe. You know, the bikes of some sort and tanks. What do we got? 2333. Whew. I'm getting there. I might, I might finish this article. Boy, that game looks like shit. But I bet people fucking flipped for it. And then they played it, and then they murdered themselves. Uh, The game's got a linear... I did that. Naturally, this teases the difficulty level up a bit. Uh, I don't really care for that phrase. Difficulty level up a bit, but nothing was ever going to be easy in (laughs) Tolomac. Geeks are yelling at your radio. It's not going to help. The place is teeming with habitants. Oh, Chiz would like that. She loves teeming. Teeming with habitants. Habitants. Uh, I I would say inhabitants, but they say habitants. Um, uh, but the the um, yeah, most of whom seem worryingly eager to take a swipe at you as you traipse through the landscape. Each screen seems to contain and the odd nasty making a beeline for you. The odd nasty making a beeline for you. Christ, crikey! This is some uck speak. One is okay. You can just swipe at it with your wand located to the east of your start point. Two is tricky. But by the time it reaches three of the blighters and they're trying to outflank you and get you from behind, I bet they are in your dress like that, things become a bit hectic. Kill the creature, though, and you either gain money or life points, all of which proves jolly handy. Was this written by like a Benny Hill scriptwriter? I mean, this is this is too UK for the UK. But monsters are only part of it. There's lots of lots of, there's lots of toeing and froing, toeing and froing in this guy. I think that guy from New Jersey wrote this, and, and you know, he's trying to imagine what someone from England would write. To and froing, toeing and froing in the game to pick up. The artifacts, uh, you need to complete specific parts of your quest. And you soon find that Ptolemac, I'm going to say it different every time, Ptolemac also contains inhabitants who who are more than willing to strike up a quick conversation with you, streamed in audio off the CD. Unfortunately, though, a lot of them turn out to be just as inhospitable as the monsters, and you usually end up having to fight your way out of a sticky situation once again. Some are incredibly helpful, most are not. Button 1 makes Zelda use her currently selected weapon about 5 seconds after you push it, while Button 2 takes you to the map (laughs) inventory screen. (laughs) It's one button, wee wee action if it didn't have a map. And And some sort of a control stick so that if, if you only had the the remote the remote was this i don't know it was like this ball and 
balling, but it was just like this. It was, it was, it was sort of like the analog stick on an N64, except really shitty, self-centering, but really weird self-centering. And there were four buttons on the thing that only had two buttons, and it was a remote control, like you would control a television. So it was just all kind of wacky. And so it didn't work, in other words. Button 2 takes you to the map inventory screen. The objects you found in your travels, weapons, scrolls, and spells, can be scrolled through and selected here, or you can have a look at the map to see where you are. Pardon me. That was gross, sorry. Um... 2738, thank you. Mm -hmm. Almost finished my Chanukas. See where you are. You went, uh, where you've been, and most importantly, where you want to go. This screen is also the location of the save game function. That's jolly handy, as is the map. Zelda's adventure is simply huge, encompassing an enormous game world that is horribly easy to get lost in. Sounds fine so far. Well, it is. But there are problems, and the main one is with the graphics. The landscape scenes may be bitmapped, but the actual sprites are basic, seeming more at home in the era Zelda's 8-bit incarnation than all for CDI in the mid-1990s. Everything looks like mud, except Zelda, she looks like a white and blue thing with a dick st white dick sticking out of it. Uh, yeah. C collision detection is a, bit, is a bit wayward at times, too. No shit. That's really shocking. You know, you hit the monster, your friends watching all agree you saw, and so they saw you hit the monster, but the game thinks you're well and truly dead and has... Uh, hey, monster. But the game thinks you're well and truly dead and has deposited you way back at the start. And while we're having a good winge, I don't even know that word, we're all having a good wange, <laughs> the screen refresh rate is tad slow, <laughs> meaning that there's a small but annoying lag time between moving to a new screen and it actually appearing. Oh my gosh, so it has. Semi poor man. It has drawing of the next of your next screen over, just like the Palm Springs golf probably did. Uh, how are we doing? Twenty nine. I'm gonna finish. Here we go. But don't let that put you off, because we get paid by <laughs> Phillips, so this is a great game. Don't let that put you off. It is an involving game, despite its handicaps and the sheer size counts very heavily in its favor, as does the quality of its audio. Just put it in your CD player. <laughs> you get to listen to the audio. Um, there's nothing quite as vexing as forking out for a game that then, comp that then, uh, and then, uh, and then, there's nothing. Take two. Two. There's nothing quite like, uh, three. There's nothing, there's nothing quite as vexing as forking out for a game and then completing it in one sitting. But you're not likely to come across that problem here. All in all, a fine, if basic, RPG. Jason! Alice! Alice! There you have it. That's how you do Wiggly's Book Club. Back to me in the studio.
that you've enjoyed tonight's reading of CDI April 1996 issue 17 3.50L. To own your own copy of CDI April 1996 issue 17 3.50L, just write to me. I'll probably send it to you. We'd also like to apologize tonight's super secret surprise celebrity guest, Jenna Elfman, cannot be on the show. She actually saw the album art and not only refused to be on the show, but said I would never get laid again. From all the crew here at Wiggly's Book Club, I'm Wiggly. And remember, kids, someone asked you, hey, how'd you get so smart? <laughs> Who did that? You just look them straight in the eye and you say, I listen to Wiggly's Book Club and rap. Reading is fundamental. <laughs>